Welcome back to the Live Your Own Fit podcast with Pete Jacobs and myself, Jamie L. Jacobs. Today we are having part two of our Q&A, our questions that you asked us uh, during the first period of our lockdown with COVID-19. You wanted, we wanted you to give us some questions in regards to how to help our immunity, our well-being, our performance, our motivation while we're in lockdown. Yes, and it is thanks to Modex who gave away some free bottles when we put that call out to everyone on Instagram to send in their questions. Modex is a pycnogenal supplement from the pine bark tree. It's um, very interesting, the clinical studies that have been done in increasing nitric oxide, and obviously that helps oxygen flow around the body in a greater amount. Similar effects that you get by spending plenty of time in the sunshine. Um, other similar products might be, you know, the beetroot supplementation, beetroot juice that claims to also improve nitric oxide. But this is, it tastes great. Um, you just take 30 to 100 mils per day. And over time, it uh, doesn't take very long, but that benefit is stays in the cells and therefore you're getting this long-lasting benefit in the body um, just by taking a little bit every day. So it's, um, yep, yeah, fantastic. Tastes a little bit sweet. It's, it's good tasting. And Jamie and I have put it in part of our morning routine every day. And yeah, I'm loving the benefits. I feel that there's a benefit. And um, certainly not going to be stopping it anytime soon, um, the way that I've been training. So thanks to Modex once again. And um, yeah, let's crack on into part two of these questions that have come in. And James, do you want to open it up again? Yep. Um, Dean has asked what training you are doing at home to give people creative ideas while locked down. Uh, the creative ideas really have to be a bit planned beforehand. So working with a coach or having a training platform like Training Peaks, for example. Uh, so you're in your routine, you know what you're going to do the next morning before you wake up. So you get excited, you get your gear all ready to go. Um, me, for example, with creative ideas and something a little bit different, I've been doing some strength training. Um, with a friend uh, over Zoom and uh, trying different moves that I've never, ever done before, like a core plank with um, a, uh, oh, I'm not sure what you call it, like a knee to elbow and do that for a minute and then you move on to the next exercise. So I've never done that sort of um, like Pilates strength training before, but I'm really, really enjoying it and guided meditation as well. And to keep it fun and interesting, you could, with your, Training partner, either over Zoom or someone that you live with, um, take turns coming up with a movement and the other person has to follow it. Uh, as I said in part one podcast, there is no right or wrong movement and this is a really fun way to challenge the other person to follow your movement, not necessarily even in strength but in coordination and that could be quite a funny thing to, if you're a bit more coordinated than the other person, try and do a movement that makes them really struggle a little bit with their coordination and timing perhaps. Um, so yeah, that, that's a fantastic thing as well to use your brain more. You have to be creative, come up with a movement. They've got to copy it. And that's really good way to build awareness as well about getting out the door. When you do get out the door for running or cycling, you need to build awareness of where your body's moving, how it's moving. Can I relax this body part while moving that one with power? So yeah, that's, that's a fun way to come up with, uh, some entertainment at home while getting fit. That's what I reckon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and good music always helps. <laughs> yeah, good music as well. And when in doubt, um, you can always put on some streaming and just do some, you know, a bit of foam rolling and recovery while you're watching movies or something as well. A, a bit of Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah, there's um, always something on YouTube. Next question we have from Pro Bike Service Anusa. Hey guys, what is a good way to keep up your fitness if you are stuck at home? How much should you do slash not do? Well, that's up to everybody's individual. There's no right or wrong, except just doing as much that makes you happy and challenges you. And that might be very, very different on different days. Someday what challenges you might be to ride 30 minutes on the wind trainer. Other days what challenges you might be to ride four hours on the wind trainer. That's very much my life, uh, how it goes for me. So. It's very varying and let's say do enough that you can still be happy and um, pleased with yourself at the end and not completely just exhausted and wrecked and almost miserable that you're so depleted. So just do enough that you feel good, challenge yourself a little bit and stick to a bit of a routine. So whether that be starting at the same time in the morning or having a coffee and then starting or whether it be um, doing a bit of a warm-up routine or a bit of mindfulness and then starting. Yeah, just try and have a routine that works for you. Uh, and But at the end of the day, you don't want to overdo it. Um, we, we're doing this just for health and fitness and for fun. And so, yeah, just keep it, keep it enjoyable and um, but challenging on, on the days that you can challenge yourself. Yeah, I think, again, it comes down to asking yourself what is going to make me happy and depending on what your fitness goals and your health goals are, um, what's going to help you get there. All right, next question, Jane. Is from Les. Les asks, some mental health strategies to help us move away from a training for a race mentality to a training for health and fitness mentality. Yeah, and since there's no races, um, that's what he's getting at, that there is no races on the foreseeable horizon. So we've got to shift our focus to being motivated to train and be consistent, get in a good routine that is based around um, doing it for health and fitness, for longevity, for the other benefits that exist. Um, So to think about doing that, um, let's just say that mindset plays a big part in that so ego needs to be somewhat controlled so that um, if, if you're really defined by ego you're always going to need to be competing against someone in every session every session you feel you need some reward um, to have beaten a personal time or beaten somebody else and yeah that that's not sustainable particularly at this time so you want to be able to enjoy what you're doing and learn to let go of ego. So have days where you really force it on yourself to stay really, really easy, um, barely touch the pedals or jog very, very relaxed and slow. So those days where you just don't even notice that you're out training because it is so easy on you physically and mentally, um, really good to do once in a while. And at the moment, riding solo or running solo as most of us are sort of tending to do is a great time to get in touch with your own personal 
ego, your own demons, as you say, a little bit, and get that under, get that reined in, um, and just uh, be controlled for a little while. Yeah, and um, some people are naturally, they say, ex- uh, extrinsically motivated, and some people are naturally intrinsically motivated. So a lot of professional athletes, for example, will be intrinsically motivated, um, where they're very self-motivated, they're self-driven, they don't have to rely on um, outside uh, people praising them and outside monetary sources to um, get them to sort of, you know, want to win or do well, um, succeed. They're really intrinsically motivated, um, so very much self-motivated. Uh, and that's almost like you need to teach yourself how to become intrinsically motivated to be able to train for health and fitness. Um, if training for health and fitness mindset, how I've helped some of my clients and what I do personally is work on your self-appreciation and um, self-care. You really have to feel like you deserve to be training for health and fitness and you need to put yourself um, irreverently first sometimes. So you need to be thinking that you're grateful for yourself. You need to learn how to love yourself to be able to allow yourself to train for health and fitness and not have to be able to um, be saying, yeah, I need, I'm training for a race, therefore I can justify the hours that I'm training. So that's a bit convoluted what I just said, yeah. but um, I think if you can quickly say, you know, five things to yourself that you're grateful for, or do like a, a quick 30-second self-love practice that's going to help you be able to train for health and fitness. Yes, and just set some goals, daily goals, weekly goals, even monthly goals, and a bit of variety thrown in as well. So once in a while, maybe if you can get out somewhere, um, go and do a run that you don't normally do, or set yourself a goal that you wouldn't normally set, like you know how many hill repeats you can do in the big gear. Um, something like that, and a daily goal might be can I, you know, limit how much caffeine I'm having as well as do one minute of mindfulness three times today? Um, a weekly goal might be I want to hit this many hours on the bike and I want to have eaten this many meals of, you know, seafood or red meat um, and had this many days where I haven't eaten processed food. Some simple things like that, um, really good goals just to keep you on track at this time. Uh, all right, James, uh, the next one that we've got. Uh, quickly, just going back to training for health and fitness, you could look at one of your goals just being feeling really good and having, the en- having consistent energy throughout the day and a cons- consistent mood that's a happy mood. Um, so instead no, of training no, for a, a race, you're training all. for, yeah, you're <laughs> just training be happy for, all the time. <laughs> be happy you? all the time and have good energy. Like a stable mood. Um, awesome. Okay. Next question we have from Naomi. And Naomi's asked, any ideas on a real training goal when you haven't got an upcoming event and don't know what the next one might be, especially coming into winter? Um, yeah, just little goals that, like we just covered, I think, um, setting little goals in training. Like maybe it's if you've got power on the bike or speed, then set a goal that you want to hold that power or that speed for one minute or maybe you want to hold it for five minutes or 20 minutes. Um, Make it up, whatever it is that you want to do, your instinct. Follow your instinct with what you think you are going to be good at um, so that you can hit that target. 
and get some uh, kind of really good feedback uh, for yourself. And mine is like I'm very much have to have things written down and planned. Um, and for me, it's looking at like my training peaks and I see that I've done X amount of hours per week of training and there's X amount of hours on the wind trainer, X amount of hours strength, um, strength training, X amount of hours mindfulness doing guided meditations. Um, so I'll set myself little goals and perhaps you could set yourself self little goals as well like that. Awesome. Uh, next question is from uh, Michael. And Michael's asked, hey, Team Jacobs, what are some areas people often overlook that can help support the immune system? Yeah, huge areas. But uh, when I first saw this, I um, thought of straight away easy things, less TV. That's a simple one. Watch less TV, especially at nighttime. Uh, the less blue Netflix? Light. What? Yeah, I know. I just, I just suggested Netflix in the other question. And now <laughs> it's uh, less, watch less of it. Um, but particularly at nighttime, the blue light is a real impact on the immune system. The mitochondria are always getting information from external sources. So whether it be the food, whether it be the air, whether it be the light. Um, so light is a huge one on our hormonal circadian rhythm, which is really important. A good circadian rhythm, as in things go up and down throughout the day, as they should, in a nice regular fashion. So the hormones that help repair and recover at night kick in at nighttime. And if you don't have a good circadian rhythm, they won't kick in at nighttime and you won't get that good repair and recovery at nighttime, leaves yourself more susceptible to not only being sick and being more insulin resistant the next day, but over time uh, that leads to things like um, Alzheimer's. So they kind of call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes. Um, where it is directly linked to having an issue with insulin resistance and always having high blood sugar levels. So really important, um, getting good sleep and good hormonal circadian rhythm will make you more insulin sensitive the next day, i.e. you will lower your blood sugar quicker um, because the insulin is able to go into your muscles um, and take the glucose out of your blood into your muscles. So. That's uh, a big thing that changes overnight, night by night, um, and can be improved by having less blue light at night so that your hormones are getting the signal that it is actually nighttime and uh, you can get that circadian rhythm. So during the middle of the day is the only time where there is kind of a really bright blue light spectrum that we get. Um, morning and afternoon light is much um, less blue light or no, yeah, a lot less. So it's a lot more red in the spectrum. And that's why it's a good thing to have less screen time before bed. Everybody's heard it a million times before. Um, so yes, get out during the daytime to get that light during the daytime that your body takes in those signals and then have less of that light at nighttime so your body gets the signals that it's nighttime now. Easy one for a huge improvement on immune system. Um, we've got red globes in our lamps that are in our bedroom and bathroom and I, I amber globes in the living room in our in lamps around the house and the tv has a setting that i've already set so that it's a quick couple of buttons and it changes to a preset setting that is much 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 dimmer uh, at night time so even if we have it on up until maybe usually about 7 30 um, it's much much dimmer and so we're getting less less brightness in there and then as we go to bed, 
the last sort of half an hour or 40 minutes or however long we're reading in bed for and brushing our teeth, that's all got red globes. And you just get used to it. Um, once you kind of dim the lights in the house, you know, your, your eyes adjust to a dimmer light and your body feels calmer because it's not getting that blue input. Um, I really thought Jamie was going to kick up a fuss and I can't see anything well and I hate this and blah, blah, blah. But she's, she adjusted really quickly to it because your eyes adjust to it. You take in more light, you calm down, everything just feels better. But when you know, you why, even read, when you know why you're doing something, it also helps. You can even read quite comfortably by mm-hmm. those red globes. Um, it's quite so, romantic, the red globes. Like it gives everything a bit of a pinkish uh, tone as well. Yeah, <laughs> pinkish hue everywhere in but, the bedroom. Yeah, so next I'll, this, I'll move um, on this, very this quick. Question, this question um, could, like we could have a whole podcast over it. It's such immune a good question, system, yes. Michael, on the immune system. Um, another one is very much, and I know I bang on a bit of, about it, but it's mindfulness practices. So anything restorative, whether that's like a yin yoga or um, a guided meditation um, or breathing exercise, qigong, there's so many different versions of it um what it does is it just takes you from that flight fright and flight mode into that rest and digest mode so it's also really good to do a quick breathing exercise before you eat your meal because you can optimize the amount of nutrients that you absorb from that meal um there's yeah there's so many different um strategies towards supporting an immune system that we won't go into today but that's also another one is to do restorative um a restorative practice that can take you into that rest and digest nervous system mode. Cool. All right. Next question is from Erg Life. Um, he wants information on how to quench that constant desire for sugar during training blocks. What are some good go-to snacks after a hard training session when all you want to do is eat everything in front of your eyes? And he does have a part two, but we'll cover that part one first. Um, yeah, my initial thought was, you know, if you've got a craving, there's a reason that there is a craving there. Um, you don't necessarily want to completely ignore it. So a suggestion is maybe it's just that you need to feel more refreshed. So cold water um, and you might want to put in a little bit of sugar in there just to give you that sweetness. It doesn't need to be a lot. It's not really going to, it's not going to do anything, particularly after training when your muscles um, have got the glute 4 transporter which is basically instead of needing insulin to take sugar into the muscles this glute 4 transporter which is active during exercise and after can take up the sugar quite quickly and easily so you're not going to really spike your blood sugar if that's something you're worried about you're not going to spike insulin by having a a, quite a diluted um, drink with a little bit of sugar in there that may just quench that craving of whether it's liquid whether it's um, you know, when, when we have a craving, there's so many factors that could be coming into this because everything's based off, you know, your perception. What is your brain telling you? Your brain's just triggering something. So water down a bit of fruit juice or even a bit of cordial or even just some pure sugar or some maltodextrin. Um, whatever you've got that's just going to give you a little bit of a sweetness in lots of water, add a bunch of electrolytes, which is often what we're craving as well. Um, magnesium. Um, some potassium and obviously sodium. Um, there's really good things to help cra- uh, quench that craving. And you might actually just want to have a piece of fruit um, anyway. So just have it. And yeah, that's my first initial reactions, James. 
Um, the next part of the question is inspiration. When you're on the fence of motivation about a training session, what tips you over to push through and get it done? And what holds you back to have that recovery time? Um, tips to get the session done. Um, I think like I'll use anything that I need, um, that I think I need. As I said, perception is everything. So whether it's actually changing anything in my body or not doesn't matter. So sometimes um, I might get on the bike and on the wind trainer where I'm close to home, that first hour might just be like 100 watts, just nothing, just floating along because I feel really tired. But as I warm into it, I just sometimes I come good. And sometimes that's because I've had gone and had another coffee. Sometimes it's because I've gone and had a teaspoon of honey. And sometimes it's because I've gone and had um, a Vespa. Sometimes it's because I've gone and had a, um, oh, I can't think, just you, some, you a banana. Or, you sometimes also I might sometimes have had a do a really long warm up. Exactly. Like after an hour, it might start to feel good. Sometimes 90 minutes. So after an hour, I might have, oh, I'm still feeling flat, but I think I might come good. I'll have a bit of whatever I feel I'm, I'm craving. And then I get back on the bike and I, and I slowly increase the effort a little bit. And I'll increase the effort a little bit, then back it off. Then increase it a bit more, then back it off. And by the time, often 90 minutes is the longest that I've got to where I've still, it's taken me that long to warm into it. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. And then, I, and then I've gone and done another three hours. Well, I haven't done four and a half this year. I've done four and a quarter hours. Um, then I might go and do another, you know, two and a half to three, two and a half hours of feeling really good. So that's about where I've got to, where yeah. I've done 60 minutes of feeling average and then three hours feeling really good. And yeah, that's just how I work. And I know it's perception. That's why I keep giving it another try. Some days it is fatigue. Some days it is oxidative stress. Some days it is difficult, but often that can clear in an hour. Um, and some days it's just not going to clear. So that's about how long I give myself before I decide whether it's it's a it's a go or it's a no and and try a few different things to to get my body and brain to go all right let's start producing the hormone let's start burning some fat let's start getting some energy production happening let's get the oxygen into the mitochondria you know whatever it is i just keep trying different things um until i know for sure that uh i've, I've tried everything so yeah, that motivation, just basically what you've got to not do is talk yourself out of it. You need to not necessarily talk yourself into it, but you need to be prepared to feel good. Um, so that's what I'm doing, you know, by keep pushing, by increasing my heart rate a little bit, then backing it off and then having a, a little rest and then increasing it again. Um, I'm just testing my body and pushing and prodding and poking it in different ways physically mentally um to get it to work and some days that's also just warming the body up as well so i'll often on those days where it feels a bit flat i'll have the fan on less on the wind trainer so i'm actually getting hotter so i'll start to sweat more so actually getting the temperature body temperature up and sweating more it, it can kind of get me over that hurdle um so that often works too so and i think yep. also just to um bring my two cents into it lower your expectation of the training session. Like if you are finding it hard to get motivated for that training session, 
instead of saying, I'm going to go out and run 10K or whatever it is, maybe just say, I'm going to go out and run 2K and just see how it goes. Anything after 2K is going to be an absolute bonus. And then while you're out there, do some dynamic stretching. You might do some grapevines, um, whatever it is to get your body feeling good, to yeah, to get it sort of feeling like it's in um, good forward motion. And remember to smile and just say thanks for the session to yourself. And generally that will get you going. You'll end up doing 10K and you'll feel amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good practice to being in the moment and not constantly question, do I feel tired? You know, how far can I go today, etc. To be in the moment and as James said, that just lower the expectations and get something done, get out the door, get on the bike. And then just see what happens by being in the moment. If you are always questioning um, what's to come or how you felt for the first 2K, uh, then it's always not going to go well. But yep, stop, do some dynamic stretches. Perfect. Um, I often do that. And then I'll often warm into it and end up the back end of the session being really good. Okay. I think we've got time for one more question. bunch more questions. <laughs> we'll get through them. Um, and uh, Mason asks, I would like to see some healthy and tasty food options ideal for before and after big training days. Um, yeah, a bit like what we've probably said before, a bit of everything. Well, you just keep it. I think it's it's a bit like the argument for carbohydrate loading. You don't need to do any carb loading before an event and it's the same with after um, and before big training days. Um, you should be able to, if you're eating the right foods, nutrient-dense food, you should be able to eat to, um, like to hunger. Um, and, yeah, nothing, nothing much should change. Um, you want to be always aiming for uh, protein synthesis, muscle protein synthesis. Um, and, yeah, as long as you're eating real good food, it doesn't matter what particular thing you eat pre or post a big session so a big session you're probably talking about a long bike ride or a, a long bike ride and a and a run off the bike um it doesn't really matter that much just go with what you feel like you want on that day and what you want that day might be really different to another day if you wake up feeling hungry then yeah eat what you want eat eat a bunch of eggs um have some leftover meat um or cook up some fresh mints in the morning um have a have a banana Ideally, it's low carb. So if you're having this big session and you want to be teaching your body to burn fat and be a better fat-burning endurance body, then ideally you want to keep it low carbohydrate. But if that means that you know uh, you've got a ha- you just are craving something else after you've had some eggs, have have half a banana maybe. Just keep it a little bit lower than you might otherwise have kept it, and then have that other half of a banana in another you know after you've warmed up, and then have it. Um, so whatever makes you happy is the best thing to have before training. So whatever you feel like, but just don't make a routine of it. Don't feel like, oh, I had this last week and I felt really good. Um, and if I wake up again and I had nothing last week and training went really well. And this week I've woken up really hungry, but last week I didn't eat and it went well. So I won't eat today. And you go out the door hungry. So just listen to your body day to day. Every day is different when you're in a big training block. Um, you know, everything keeps changing, what you're craving, how you slept, all of those things. Um, but just stick with real food and then take some options with you while you're training. And electrolytes. So you really want to make sure you're having enough sodium in your diet and magnesium. 
Yep. And post big training sessions, just eat plenty. Um, again, plenty of whatever real food it is that you enjoy that you're currently, you know, focusing on. Um, and that's about it. There is no right or wrong other than eating sort of too much processed food is just, there's not really a right um, or a reason for doing that. Um, all right. Next thing. Next question, Jame. Um, is from the Holistic Athlete. Would love to know what your go-to pre-run food is, as well as more information on intermittent fasting and its role for endurance athletes. Well, pre, pre-run, a little bit different to the last question, I think, because pre-run, you probably don't want to eat much. If you wake up hungry, you probably want to just get out the door as quick as possible and go for that run without filling anything in your stomach. Um, Yep. Would you say the same, Jame? Or sometimes do you have anything else before you run? Depends what sort of run it is. If it's going to be a long, slow run and I'm hungry when I get up, I'll have um, like a coffee and I'll also have maybe some eggs. um, But that might be an hour or so before you run. Or a bit of a banana. Yeah. But if if I'm going for more like an intense session and I'm not that hungry, I'll just have my coffee in the morning. But everyone's so different. in terms of intermittent fasting, I don't so much agree with that for women that are exercising each day and really pushing our bodies, especially around um, like when it is that week before our period and we're naturally under a bit more stress anyway. I don't think it's good for us. Um, with women, especially in the morning, if you don't eat, you generally your cortisol levels will start to rise naturally um, and then that creates inflammation. It um, also makes you store body fat. So I really do think that if you're hungry when you wake up, you should definitely eat. You shouldn't be thinking you need to fast. And especially if you're doing a training session and then you're going to back up for a big day of um, needing a good energy output and then even a second training session in the afternoon, intermittent fasting is not going to do anything for you. If you're someone that's just sitting at work and you're not doing anything, your energy output is quite low, yeah, sure, intermittent fasting could work well for you. It could increase autophagy. There's all sorts of Everyone is yeah. so different. That's it's really really tough. I mean, you've already been intermittent fasting when you sleep, and some people like to really measure how long that is. And set say you you ate dinner at six p.m. and then you went training and you didn't eat breakfast until eight p.m. Mm. So there you've got a uh, fourteen restricted hour, eating window. Fourteen yeah. hours of not eating, and then may or maybe you had a longer session. You didn't eat till ten or twelve. And so you've got a longer intermittent fasting period. So you can look at it that way. And, and that's absolutely fine. I think when you want to train your body to burn more fat, you don't necessarily need to eat fat. I, I don't believe that eating fat while you're training, unless you're, unless you're hungry. Like I think if you're hungry and you want to take some bag of nuts with you and you want to just consume more fat while you're training um, and eating something will keep you happier will keep your perception of energy um, and things like that, then that's a good thing to do. But otherwise, if you don't feel that you need to be eating fat while uh, exercising or protein for that matter, uh, maybe you'd like to take biltong as I've done in the past, um, you may just want to have a diluted um, sugary drink. So it's just a little bit of sweetness every now and then to give your brain that sense of that taste of, oh, um, I'm safe. I've got a taste of sugar. I'm happy. And it keeps you happy because of that little bit of uh, diluted sweetness. So that's good for keeping your nervous system and your brain happy. So um, 
And ideally throughout the day, if you're eating, you know, the right amount of food for you at each sitting, you should be really intermittent fasting between your meals. So you shouldn't really be getting hungry uh, within the two to three hour block between breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yes. Intermittent fasting between meals is, is particularly healthy. Um, what's going on is that when you eat, there is a response in hormones and a bunch of other things that happen. And it can take two to three hours to come back to a homeostasis. So what you would like to do is um, allow two to three hours between meals without snacking. And, and let's say you only eat small meals, maybe you end up having four meals for the day. If you eat large meals, you might end up having just three large meals and that ends up being about four hours between meals. And some people, and I've done this in the past too, where you just have two large meals um, and then don't eat in between. So there's lots of different ways to come about it and everyone's going to be different based on their schedule, their routine, um, things that they like to eat, the way that they like to eat. Social occasions. Yeah, but just be flexible and just know that, hey, if I've been doing this way for a week and tomorrow I just feel like I'm hungry, maybe, you know, let's say, oh, I've only been eating two meals a day, but today I feel like I should eat, but I've only been eating two, so I don't want to break that routine. Like (laughs) you can get really dogmatic with your own routines that make absolutely no sense uh, that there's no difference in whether you do it or not. It's just a routine that you've created. So, yeah, just try not to get too dogmatic with any of that sort of thing in how you break your routine if you're listening to your body. Um, yeah, so that's about it Yep, for intermittent fasting. Just don't force it and, yeah, just try and make it work. So our next question is um, from Rachel. Rachel would love to know how to get your motivation back to train regularly and consistently when work, kids, family life and other stresses deplete your energy levels and your mental well-being and stop any motivation from happening? Well, we know that motivation is quite linked to our hormones and our health in general. You know, obviously, if our nervous system is quite run down um, because we've been in a bit of a fight or flight mode, if our sympathetic nervous system has been a bit overactive, that's going to fatigue us a bit and our motivation is going to drop. Hence why in a race, you want to stay calm and patient and in the present moment. And um, as Mark Allen says, he, he really just tried to have no thoughts. It wasn't trying to have positive thoughts and come up with positive affirmations. He was just really trying to have a blank mind. And that's what I really advocated. I, I do that process as well. Um, so if you have thoughts and you're really trying to will your body to do something, the, that can jack the nervous system up if you're having you know, stressful thoughts often. And that will deplete motivation. So it's sort of like why you want to remain calm in a race is because if you get your nervous system too involved early on, you will deplete your ability for your hormones to give you that boost of motivation later on in the race that you want to save for later on. So hormones control motivation. um, And so basically, if you are tired, if motivation is down, that just means, yes, your body is a bit run down. So you want to practice a few minutes here and there of mindfulness to help that nervous system calm down a little bit. And then you want to just set some little goals that you can do, you know, day to day, some daily goals and weekly goals and mix it up. Yeah, I think also just making sure that you're metabolically like well balanced. So what are your magnesium levels like, your sodium levels, your vitamin D levels, your iron levels? Because 
Um, if you've got like very, very low iron levels, like close to like below the tens, you're always going to feel fatigued. It doesn't matter how much you try and have motivation, you're going to feel depleted and fatigued. So if you have been feeling fatigued for a while, I'd recommend do go and get a blood test done um, and find out what your magnesium, sodium, iron levels, vitamin D levels are because that's Or just start taking really the supplements anyway. I mean, you can't overdo magnesium, sodium. You yeah, know, just but supplement you should find out time. with your iron because you, you iron might you need an iron out. infusion. Yeah. There's yeah. a few different levels of iron, types or of vitamin iron you B can find infusion. Out. So yeah, I definitely recommend getting a a, um, a blood test done. And back to things that we said, just getting to bed without the blue yeah. light is really going to boost motivation for the next what day. Personality you're like as well. For me, I really need a platform like Training Peaks. I need to have my week loaded in. I need to be planned before I go to bed at night. I need to know what time I'm setting that alarm and I need to have my gear out ready to go. And I'm excited when I wake up in the morning, it's planned. Pete's very different. He likes to wake up often and see how his body feels. That just makes me um, like totally stressed if I don't know what I'm doing in the morning. So Every Makes you stressed that you don't know what I'm doing, which stresses <laughs> me out because you're not stressed that Pete you know what I'm doing, but in, I don't know what I'm doing. In that regard, we're very opposite. Um, and I need everything to be written down. So yeah, every personality is very, very different. But you might find, Rachel, that having something like Training Peaks um, and having set routines and schedule is really, really going to help you and the family. Uh, next question we have from I'll Hank. just clear up. I'll just clear up. I do have an idea of what I'm going to do. I just bend that and rearrange my day according to how I feel the next day a little bit. So... <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't like to be stressed out and feel like I have to be put under pressure to say an exact time and an exact thing that I'm doing at a certain time as I'm falling to sleep. And Jamie goes, what are you doing tomorrow and what time are you doing it? And it just stresses me out because I don't, I don't want to feel like I've got to think about what I'm doing tomorrow yet. Um, you know, I've got it in, my, in the back of my head. It's there. It's subconsciously there because my weekly routine is already there. But. I just like to leave it in my subconscious and just let it flow through in the morning. <laughs> that totally pisses me off. And we've, I think maybe we've been in self-isolation together for too long. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, Hank Dog has asked, would love to hear some tips on natural ways to improve your immune system through diet, etc. Also ways to alter training if you're feeling run down, dealing with other life stresses and prone to getting sick, etc. I think these questions are very similar to other questions that we've had, but um, Pete, did you just want to add yeah. your two cents there? Yeah. Um, I think we can't like improve in, in, in necessarily improve our immune system. Um, we can't make it stronger. Um, we can actually, but we can, the things that we do that we will avoid doing are the things that are going to weaken our immune system. So technically, we're not making it better, but we're going to change things that will make it better by not making it worse, if that makes sense. Um, so basically those things through diet that are going to improve our immune system are by keeping our blood sugar stable. Number one, the biggest factor is just keeping blood sugar stable. If you really want to know how healthy you are and what your immune system's capabilities are like, um, for about $90, you can get a continuous glucose monitor a CGM, and you stick it into the back of your um, tricep and it just stays there for two weeks. And for two weeks, you just swipe your phone's Bluetooth up against it 
and it tells you what your blood sugar has been in the last sort of 15 minutes. It also records for the previous sort of eight hours, I think it is. So as you sleep and wake up and scan, it will show you what your blood glucose did throughout the night as well. Um, really interesting stuff. Otherwise, you can get a, um, a pinprick machine that you can just prick your finger and test on the blood glucose, how it is exactly at that time, um, at that point in time. And the strips, the machine's probably also about 90 bucks, I think, for the machine. And then you pay about, I don't know, 20, 30 cents each strip or something like that. And you can get the machine that also does ketones if you want to test your ketones as well. Um, those strips are about a dollar each for the strips after you've bought the machine. Um, so basically, that's the biggest thing for seeing how your immune system is at. Um, one of the other things is um, it's basically the um, it's mitochondrial dysfunction, but it's generally called metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is it's hard. It's not hard to diagnose, but basically, if you have a handful of the symptoms that go along with metabolic syndrome, then it's basically, well, that's what your problem is. You're, you have a metabolic syndrome. And that's around what your mitochondria are or are not doing, that there's a dysfunction in the mitochondria. Um, so that might be that you've got high blood sugar levels, you've got um, a certain levels of cholesterols, triglycerides. Uh, it might also be that you've got high blood pressure, um and I'm trying waist, to think a big waist yes your waist to your waist to height. waist to height um measurement uh, ratio, ratio and there's a bunch of other symptoms as well and basically mm. if you've got if you've got about five of them then you've got metabolic syndrome and you are in uh, a bit of uh, trouble and you really need to s turn that around so that you can improve some of those symptoms because it's not you know the the high blood pressure or the gaining weight around your belly, they're not the problem necessarily, but they are um, a symptom of that things are going wrong at a metabolic level, which basically means your hormones are out of whack entirely and partly because of what you eat, your lifestyle. Um, the way you train. The way that you train, the way that you live, your nervous system, and all of those other factors. Um, so anyway, moving on. Um, how to ways to alter training that's the point of this um so basically ways to alter training to not get sick is definitely um training to math training to math is a good one or even easier than math like if you are prone to getting sick then you you know rate of perceived effort's really good because some days you might feel that it's much harder um but your heart rate's low even though the effort is hard so you want to just go by rate of perceived effort and not necessarily get your heart rate up to math some days. Um, you also want to focus on the short intervals with lots of rest in between, like anywhere from seven seconds up to a minute with a few minutes rest in between those efforts. Um, alter training um, if you're feeling run down. Really do focus on comfortable belly breathing so that that's going to help trigger the nervous system so when you're at home when you're going to sleep when you're eating when you're training breathing into the belly so that you're not breathing up into your upper chest and triggering those sympathetic nervous system responses just through the way that you breathe that's a really big thing for um, improving your immune system just by calming your nervous system 
I would definitely uh, be looking at a sleep hygiene protocol. So have a bit of a, a sleep plan that you try and stick to. So that's just a routine for downregulating your nervous system each night to get your body prepared to for slumber to go to sleep. Um, I also definitely would be doing some mindfulness practices if you're dealing with external life stresses. Um, again, that's what we've already spoken about, restorative practices, some guided meditations. Um, and if you're feeling run down, keep in mind that, yeah, your gut does um, – contain a lot of your immune system so anything you can do to help your gut whether that's bone broth um the mindfulness tips again um to help with the the gut um if you need if you eat a lot of like raw greens maybe you can look at start steaming them or boiling them um just to cut down the level of the amount of lectins in your greens so that your gut lining isn't getting such a hammering and stay away from processed foods and any grain and another way to alter your training would be to possibly run a little bit less than you have been. Uh, focus more on the swimming and the cycling. Being weight bearing and loading, the run can just automatically trigger more of a nervous system response and also more stress in the muscles because of the breakdown that's happening. So that that inflammation from the damage from running can increase the uh, immune response. So. You know, you just want to really make sure that you're training relatively easily. And that may mean that you need to really cut back on the running. Um, don't do any run efforts. Certainly don't push your heart rate on the run. Um, if you do still want to push your heart rate a little bit, do that in the swimming uh, and the cycling more, where you're not going to get as much physical damage um, for the benefits of, of getting your heart rate up. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. Um, Last question of the day, and I think we'll also just do a whole podcast on this, this subject, is from Steve. I think it would be interesting to see tips for a good training program when training in accordance with the math method. For example, a training program for a marathon. I know what to keep heart, I know what to keep heart rate to, but I never know whether running too much or too little. Also, any mental strategies for being present would be great. Yeah, I don't think we'll even touch on the math thing. That's a huge um I think we'll do thing. a whole podcast with that and maybe we'll even get lucky and get Phil Maffetone himself on for the podcast. <laughs> so 180 <laughs> minus your age is your maximum aerobic function heart rate, which is generally a healthy way to train where you stay in your fat-burning zone. And it's a general rule for people to follow um, for guidelines for not overdoing their training and getting good aerobic adaptation. Um, but mental strategies for being present, just really quick ones, are literally just have a blank mind. You need to learn to have a blank mind. It's really, really important. Being in the zone and being that flow state that athletes talk about is purely just having a blank mind where nothing exists except that second in time. And therefore, there's not time to have a thought. There is no thought because the only thing that you're aware of is the movement of your body. And that's why it's just called this flow state because there is no awareness of other things in the world. And it's such a beautiful feeling. So how would you recommend someone gets into that feeling? Is it focusing on a certain body part, how you're placing well, your foot on the ground, where are your arms? The easiest, I think the easiest strategy is taking 30 seconds, three times a day and attach that to a routine. So whether it be every time you're in the bathroom there's a spot on the wall and you stare at it and you think of nothing while you belly breathe for 30 seconds. 
five seconds into the belly, five seconds out, or just at a relaxed, even pace. Don't even count. Um, try and be not aware. But basically, belly breathe slowly in and out and be aware of nothing. Stare at that wall and taking time out from your what you think is such a busy schedule that you can't stop for 30 seconds is the reason that it's difficult is why you need to do it. And the more difficult that is for you to do and the less you think that that's something you need to do, the more you need to do it. It's 30 seconds. And if you can't get that and quiet your mind for 30 seconds, a few times a day, every time, say, you go to the kettle or you go to the bathroom or you put your shoes on, whatever it is, tie it to a routine that happens all the time. And then um, that's how you practice a quiet mind. And then you're able to slip into that blank mind really quickly when you're doing other things. So when you are driving for example and there's a bit of road rage you suddenly feel like someone did something that annoyed you you can instantly snap into that blank mind nothing exists and therefore what just happened doesn't exist and it's incredible when you can get to that point because road rage is a real trigger for a lot of people even very very calm you know absolute zen gurus could get behind a car wheel and you'll see them just get annoyed at someone being a bit of a dick on the road I mean, it's amazing. So if you can get to that point as well, or even every time you get to a traffic light and get stopped, try and do that where you think of nothing for 30 seconds when you hit a traffic light, um, or even if it's just the length of the traffic light. It's, it's an amazing practice. So that would be the best, easiest, and best way to do that. And then you take that into doing it when you're training, when you're running, when you're swimming, when you're riding. Um, and then you take it into when you're putting yourself under stress. So doing a hard effort. Um, whether you're in the gym doing a bit of a, a heavy lift or a max effort on the bike, then you can really take it to the next level where you're able to be completely calm and a blank mind while there is stress input into the body. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. So they're the best mental strategies that I can give you is just practice and, thinking And it's always nothing. good to try and optimize the chance of you getting into that state. So if you've just had like, you know, cookies and cake and ice cream or whatever it, whatever it is, you're spiking your blood sugar levels, you're spiking your cortisol levels, your insulin levels, and it makes it ha- very, very hard for you to get into that relaxed state. So don't make your body work against itself or work harder than it needs to to get into that state. And you might at that point be feeling quite a bit of guilt. You might actually feel like, oh, I wish I hadn't had that. And you're going to dwell on that guilt. You're going to dwell on that you've had that thing and you shouldn't have had that thing. And you're going to beat yourself up about it for days and days and days. Uh, a mental strategy for being present is forgiveness. Part of that is forgiveness of mm. letting go of things in the past. So that's one aspect of being present is forgiveness. Another aspect is um, no expectations. So you're not thinking about the future. And so there, there are a couple of really key phrases that you can mm. use um, just a couple of the many, many phrases that you can use to help you feel that sense of calmness. Um, obviously, being grateful and sense of gratitude mm. and thinking of something you're gra- grateful about is another key way to be in the present moment. Um, so, yeah, whether it's a phrase or something of gratitude um, or whether it is... Self-appreciation, so some sort of self-love. Yeah, or... that gets you in the moment, gets you in the present moment. Um, yep. Think of something or think of nothing, but just make sure it is something that only exists 
in the moment. Yeah. Excellent. Nice, Jane. Well, I think we've got through most of our questions we've got today. Every question. So that um We're good. Uh, that concludes our Q and A session. Um, if there is anything that you want us to delve more into, or if you have any questions or any content uh, creation ideas that you'd like us to um, delve deeper into, especially while we're in this form of isolation, it's all about health, well-being, immunity, staying motivated, keeping happy. We would love to hear from you. Yes, we would, and we'll definitely delve more into math. Um, my interpretation of math, I guess and um, in the future topic and other ways that you can implement some aerobic training and some intervals and get the most adaptation that you want while keeping it interesting while you might be locked up in, uh, in your house. So thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure going through these questions that you guys sent in and we look forward to the next time you, we go through all your questions. So just keep sending them in. Yeah, we can't thank you enough and we're sending big love to everyone. Thanks. Awesome. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. See you. Thanks for listening to the Live Your Own Fit podcast. Pete and I are still taking uh, people through our 12-week health and performance program. So if you would like to feel healthier and fitter and have any certain goals in mind or need help with figuring out a goal, we would love to help you. It includes one-on-one virtual sessions as well as 24-7 access to myself and to Pete. So please contact us at hello at liveyourownfit.com or shoot us a message through one of our social Instagram accounts. Thanks again and we look forward to seeing you next time.